This is Max Hedrum. Hello? Anybody home? Hey! Our generation may not remember the moon landing, but we remember moon boots. If you owe a few cavities to candy cigarettes, learn your adverbs from Schoolhouse Rocks, burned your shins on a hot middle slide with sharp edges, exploding pop rocks for science, and you still want your MTV, then this podcast is for you. Dancing with Myself is dedicated to the decade of excess, the 1980s. So pull up your leg warmers and let's get physical. You're listening to Dancing With Myself. I'm your host, Heather. After seeing the success of Steve Jobs in the late 1970s with his Apple II computer, the first successful mass-marketed all-in-one computer, Big Blue, took a big leap into the game. They set their designers free to create something worthy to compete, and they flourished by using open-source technology workings. After a year of design, the only thing missing was the most critical piece of software, that being the operating system, a set of instructions that orchestrated the computer's internal workings. In 1980, IBM acquired a system from Bill Gates and Paul Allen's Seattle-based Microsoft. As part of the deal, Microsoft retained the right to license the system, called MS-DOS, for Microsoft Disk Operating System, to any other computer maker. That clause would prove staggeringly profitable to Microsoft. The IBM PC, which came with a keyboard, a monitor, two disk drives, and a then-impressive 256 kilobytes of memory, uncorked a gusher of profits after its introduction on August 12, 1981. To Big Blue's dismay, however, a large chunk of the bonanza soon began going elsewhere. Competitors found ways to get around IBM's flimsy copyright protection, and the market became flooded with IBM clones, which sold for considerably less than the original, and could use all the thousands of software programs written for it. On January 24th of 1982, America's first test tube baby left the hospital with her parents, Judy and Roger Carr, stimulating debate in the United States about ethical issues related to in vitro fertilization, while also giving hope to millions of American couples experiencing infertility. The procedure took place at Eastern Virginia Medical School, and the child, Elizabeth, was the 15th test tube baby born in the world. She was delivered at Norfolk General Hospital and was a healthy 5 pounds, 12 ounces. At 6.20 a.m. on Sunday, October 23, 1983, most of the 300 U.S. Marines in the barracks at Beirut's airport were still in bed when a yellow pickup truck turned into the parking lot. Even as a sentry raised the alarm, the truck accelerated and smashed into the barracks lobby. There it exploded with the force of six tons of TNT, collapsing the four-story structure and killing 241 Marines. It was the biggest U.S. military loss since Vietnam, and for President Reagan, it was the most painful event of his presidency. Sending the Marines to Beirut, he later wrote, was the source of my greatest regret and my greatest sorrow as president. He had dispatched 800 leathernecks to Lebanon in August of 1982 for three or four weeks to help with a multinational force try to end the vicious civil war raging there. 
After the bombing, Reagan insisted that the U.S. could not turn tail and leave. To do so would only encourage terrorism. But pressured by Congress and the public, he pulled the troops out in February of 1984 and declared that any blame for the disaster rests with this president.